Hello, and welcome back to your favorite podcast. This is Becoming Relentless, and I am your host, Eleanor McCabe. I'm a TM coach, opposing coach, and I am joined by my amazing co-host. Hey, Danielle Gisenberger. You used amazing this time. I did. <laughs> I was waiting. I was like, she hesitated. What's she going to say? But if you said awesome, bro, that's my, I need to, I say that to everyone. Like someone gives me coffee, opens the door. That I'm like, you're awesome. So I'm trying to get like a new word into my head and brain all the time instead of awesome. The other day I said, cool. And I was like, dude, where am I? Am I five? <laughs> like, so I'm like, I need to, I want to invest in a word that's going to that's different. I like that. I think I usually say lovely, and so I was trying to change it up. <laughs> give us a give us a like a huge like give us a tongue twister like meaningful word. You're astonishing. But that's like not even a tongue twister. Oh, during water polo in high school, somebody <laughs> somebody said I was magnificent. Let's just backtrack. Sorry, water I don't polo know. in high school. We didn't have that. Water polo? Yeah. Oh, interesting. We had we didn't have rugby. What's that one? Lacrosse. We had like lacrosse um, clubs, but no lacrosse team. It's so interesting how different states and different places have different sports because we didn't have lacrosse or rugby, I think, at my high school. But we did have like swim and water polo. You guys probably had swim, but water polo, like in Southern California, because the weather's nice. I think yeah. maybe the water sports are bigger. Dude, I think we even had, um, we had golf to job golf. Mm -hmm. did y'all have i think we had bowling now that might have been for the for the i don't think we had bowling. certain people we had a lawn bowling field next to our high school though but i never went i don't know any high schoolers who went. it was mostly like older people who would go what do you call it like field bowling like outdoor bowling interesting yeah so justin put this on the story there's no he didn't Watch, he's going to, knowing him, he's going to put this on this story. There's this wooden, there's a bridge right by Intelligentsia. Mm -hmm. Basically, the bridge has like, it's made out of the wood. It's kind of old. People walk in it all the time. There's like a block missing. Like someone like, I don't know, fell through. Not a someone, it fell through. It's like super small, but he exaggerates. I saw that thing and I was like, oh, okay. He was like, this is so dangerous. And they put cones over it. And it reminded me like, I want to bowl. The cones. Bowl the cones up. Actually, I saw that this morning. Yeah. I was wondering what that was about. Yeah. It was me. I jumped. I'm just kidding. <laughs> jumped too hard on the bridge. Yeah. I love that. That's funny. <laughs> motivation. Today, motivation. You have a question for me. I do. So do you believe in motivation? Do you think motivation is necessary? <laughs> Sorry. That was weird. No necessary. Not necessary. Do I believe in it? Like, yeah. Like, it's a feeling. It's an emotion. I think it... It's more emotional versus logical for sure. Mm -hmm. A more emotional person would rely on motivation more so than a logical person. But I also, there's levels to relying on motivation. They're like for someone who's a beginner, they're gonna rely on motivation more than anyone, than someone who's advanced. Like we in a prep phase, like we know there's gonna probably be no motivation like except for protocol changes or you see your physique changing day to day like that's super motivating there's like a dopamine response from that but there's some aspects of prep where you're not motivated to like do a 600 calories in the morning like you just you're not motivated there's nothing 
that can make you want to do it, except for the fact that you're going to get leaner and you're going to get better. <laughs> yeah. But for someone who's like a beginner, I think relying on motivation is something that's more common for one because it's sometimes harder to see the changes happen. And for two, if you're relying on motivation, you're also allowing a lot of external things to play influence on you, like missing out on events with food or you're out with your friends and because they're eating burgers for the fourth, fifth time this week, you feel like you deserve a burger. And like, it's different stuff like that. Do you believe in motivation? In a sense, I do, but I align with what you're saying. So I think that motivation is definitely more emotional and the more advanced you get as an athlete, you definitely don't rely on it. So I definitely agree with that. But I think a lot of times, like I see on Instagram, people talking about like, you can't rely on motivation. You have to be disciplined. And there's this like messaging that motivation doesn't matter. And I don't think I agree with that. I think motivation does matter because underneath motivation is really the driving force. It's your why. So I think you kind of touched on that a little bit that when you're an advanced athlete, like with our goals, we know that if we do the cardio, even though we don't feel motivated, our driving reason why underneath that is what propels us. Mm -hmm. And it's not necessarily, I think it's different than discipline because I have discipline, but I still don't want to get up and do my cardio. Like, <laughs> and some days I'm not disciplined and I won't get up and do it. I'll just be like, well, I'll do it in the afternoon. But my underlying, like it gets done. My underlying why though, the reason why is kind of what drives me versus like motivation. I agree. And I do feel like, for example, let's use the cardio scenario. You're not motivated to get up and do it, but you're motivated to see the result from it. And you're motivated to say, oh, I got that done with for the week. So I don't have to do it like tomorrow kind of thing. You have aspects of motivation towards different right. lines of different aspects of the goal or of the task. So I feel like someone who is not achieving their goals or struggling because they don't have motivation, they're just looking at it as like this one-way path. Like, I just don't have motivation to go to the gym. Well, you have motivation to hit the result though. So they just, they need to open their mind a little bit further. Mm -hmm. Another thing that I give athletes in my DMs, like tips, like you don't have I guess mini goals is more so like a way to build motivation up. So if you hit the gym three times a week, but you want to make it five, you're not motivated to make it five, set a goal to go to the gym four times a week. So like small goals, some small increments definitely help. Yeah. Right. Almost setting like achievable small goals ahead of you to help propel that motivation. I agree. Yes. So dopamine is a huge, have you listened to the T-Roman podcast over dopamine? Mm -hmm. Dude, I listened to that so long I should probably go, I should probably, I wanna listen to it again. Very good podcast. Basically, man, there was so much science in that. That was so good. That's the thing with Huberman. They're like, the episodes are three hours long mm -hmm. and there's so much science in there, so much information that I have to chunk it up. Oh, yeah. So I can't listen to it all at once. I'll do like half an hour here, half an hour there. And then usually I have to listen to them two or three times mm -hmm. <laughs> before I did that it like, sinks in three times. Yeah, like uh, driving and the like mm -hmm. long car rides to Dallas. Like, I'll just put on because like the yeah, three hours we're gonna do. Yeah, but I agree. There's so much information that 
if I listen to the whole thing at once, I'm going to miss everything that was said in the first two hours. Because like you just, it, there's so much to grasp and you get excited. You get a dopamine kick about the new information. So basically, I don't know if you remember his uh, example with the sandwich. And like with dopamine, if you, I'm going to give the same example, the way that I interpreted it and you might have a different mind, like you might've heard something different. So definitely say something if you did. Basically, if you're hungry and you're craving a sandwich, the thought of having the sandwich increased your dopamine. When you actually get the sandwich and increase it again. So like things like that. Motivation's the same way. So the mm. thought of having XYZ like spikes your dopamine. Getting the result of XYZ also spikes it again. So I think if people can't understand how the science behind dopamine works, they'll also yeah. understand like the dopamine, the motivational um, spikes and how they affect your dopamine towards always pushing forward. So how I correlate this to hitting goals within your journey would be, I think planning for sure, like the excitement, the dopamine hit of planning your week ahead of like the success of, wow, I planned my whole week. I'm going to the gym at this time. I packed all my meals. I prepped my meals. I picked my outfit for the gym every day so I don't have to think about that. Mm -hmm. I picked an outfit that I feel confident in. So I also am motivated to put the outfit on so I can train in that outfit, things like that. That spikes your dopamine. So now you're excited. So you have little motivation, little about little aspects of motivation towards these little things that are going to push you to execute. And then you actually finish the week out and you execute the week how you plan to execute. And so that's a huge spike in motivation of I did it so I can do it again. So I think having these like the mental capacity of the logical side of things of how dopamine and motivation work together is going to help people to be more logical, to not rely just on motivation, but to understand that discipline and motivation can work very well together mm. through the science of having dopamine spikes towards the goal. Right. And like utilizing the dopamine reward system to your advantage. Because I think listening to that Huberman podcast, it reminded me that I need to check myself sometimes with dopamine because you get dopamine from like little hits all day long from different things. Like you pick up your phone, that's a dopamine hit. You check Instagram, that's a dopamine hit. That's why people are constantly reaching for their phones and checking Instagram mm -hmm. and you end up scrolling mindlessly or TikTok or whatever. Next thing you know, you're like, oh, I just wasted an hour. But doing that, you were giving yourself dopamine and you were not utilizing it in its maybe best form. Because like what you're saying, what you can do is you can hack it and align yourself with your goals by rewarding yourself doing these little tasks. Mm -hmm. And I think I talked to someone recently, I forget who, but they were talking about how they actually, <laughs> they, they don't eat their meal, like if their meal is coming up, but they have like something for work that needs to get done, they will not eat the meal until the work is done. And he was just saying he's utilizing that drive of, hey, I want to eat this meal. I'm hungry, but I have this work thing due. Mm -hmm. He'll take the 30 minutes to do the work first. And it gives him a dopamine hit, one, finishing the task, like getting the work done. But then two, no knowing that he has that food after. And he was like, yeah, I'm just utilizing the reward system. And obviously, I don't think 
everybody can do that. But I do think it was a useful tip because I was like, oh, you can get more work done. You can get a little hit of dopamine and you can start to teach yourself that like, yeah, even though you don't want to do the work right then or maybe you're feeling a little bit hungry, you don't immediately have to go like hit that craving or hit that meal. You know what I mean? So I like the I like that a lot. I won't use it on myself because I the mental past of food, I can't look at as a reward. Right. Because past eating disorders and I know the dependency uh that I put on food if I get too food focused becomes especially in prep setting so focused on what like the flavor, the taste, the meal, the XYZ. And I don't, I'm finally at a point in my journey where I don't have an emotional tie to food. And so I don't want to break that. Yeah. But I do, I love the, like, I, I love the principle of it. And one thing that I feel, I feel that's very beneficial for people who are, for certain individuals, even if they're in fitness, I feel like if certain individuals are overweight or trying to lose weight, they, being smart on their reward system is very important in terms of don't make it a food focused reward system like uh free meals for example Mm -hmm. because some people will be like well i hit everything monday through friday saturday night if i do that if i hit everything saturday night i get a burger and now your biggest dopamine hit is a free meal and that's also can be a dangerous place if you're mentally not in a place to be able to not be emotional tied to food. So like, for example, my past self. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and I agree. That's why I just want to put like the yeah. caveat that not everybody I think should utilize that. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of knowing yourself and knowing if you're going to get too food focused, too attached to food. But I, food is one of the primary drivers of our dopamine it system. Is, yeah. And so if you are able to utilize that in a healthy manner, I think it could be beneficial, but I do agree. Like you you just have to know yourself. The reason why I believe food is such a big dopamine response besides the fact that like it brings people, community together, it hits all your senses. So you have the smell, you have the taste, you have the environment, you have the touch, the feeling, like all of this, it hits every sense. And so you have dopamine spikes from every little, um, your, all, your five senses, right? But if you can find aspects and different things that hit all those same senses, it'll be like as a reward system will be very beneficial, which is hard to do. It's, it's, I think it's more of a teaching yourself more than anything. Like for us, we know that unplugging from our phone and going to the park and putting our feet in the grass and watching the sunset is a huge dopamine like hit for us. And part of that is because in prep, like you, you literally cannot go have a burger. <laughs> you like have, you have these certain restrictions, right? But we've taught ourselves that the biggest dopamine hit to have is by unplugging and feeling the ground, smelling the air, counting the sounds, like listening, being super grounded. Right. And not for me, I've tried to like unattach from my phone, like disconnect because I can literally feel now when I start to get too attached to my phone and I'm like constantly picking it up for no reason to get that little hit of dopamine. And then I don't know if you're this way, but I notice like there's a correlation between the more time that I spend on my phone, like the next day, let's say I spend a lot of time on my phone one day, the next day, I'm not able to achieve levels of like happiness or feel like as elevated Mm -hmm. as maybe the day before. Like I start to feel that uh, drop off in dopamine. And so then I know usually by the end of the week, like that's why I try to take Sundays completely off because 
my dopamine is just shot. Like I'm in a trough. I'm not feeling happy. I'm Mm -hmm. starting to get probably more negative emotions than I'd like, which is part of like life ups and downs. But I'm realizing now that I can start to feel when, oops, I've been maybe utilizing or forcing my body to release like too much dopamine just from being on my phone or being overstimulated or putting myself in situations where it's just like constantly being spiked and I don't get that break. Mm-hmm. I agree. The The phone is, especially when you work on it, it's, it's uh, a fine line. Mm-hmm. And then it affects your motivation because then I notice I'm not feeling that great. Like I don't want to get up and do my cardio and then my motivation's down and all this stuff. And so I think just being aware of how your dopamine system works for you as an individual and then like how that affects your motivation is really important. And I think all my athletes, like I would encourage them to just notice this stuff. If you notice that being on your phone more affects your motivation, then let's start to put time restrictions in place Mm -hmm. on your phone. Another thing too that really helps this is understanding with the phone thing, understanding that when you wake up, one of the first things you do if it's it's looking at your phone or scrolling, that is... (laughs) One of the worst things you can do for your like dopamine system as well as obviously so many other chemical aspects within your mind. But for me and for you, I believe our alarms on our phone. So like literally in order to turn off the alarm, you have to look at your phone screen to press stop. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I can get an alarm. But what I personally like to do, since I know that I have my alarm on my phone, I press stop, but I turn the phone over and I will not, I don't care. I will not like, I don't care if I have to get my phone to X, Y, Z. I will not look at any notification. Like I will block it. X, Y, Z. Like, like I said, I think for people who, for honestly, anyone, the longer you can wait to respond or look at notifications on your phone, the better. And like for me during cardio, I started watching educational YouTubes. But the first 30 minutes of my day before cardio, I'm not on my phone because mm-hmm. I know like the science behind the screen time and the dopamine. So having that break in the morning is def- and at night, I think it should be mandatory. It definitely makes a difference. Like it makes a huge difference. This morning, I was on my phone immediately because I had check-ins, like not my athlete check-ins, but my own personal check-ins to send. And literally because I was on my phone so early this morning, like 4.50, I'm like filling out my data and stuff. I feel like this morning I was just anxious. And I think there was a variety of factors there, but I noticed like if I allow myself to be on my phone first thing in the morning, it does affect the rest of my day. And not that I can't turn that around, like I'm chilling now and mm-hmm. like I feel fine now, but that first hour of my day was different than normal because yeah. I do what you do. I have my alarm. I actually set my phone as far away from myself as possible so that I have to get up out of bed, press stop on the alarm, and then I don't allow myself to get back in bed. Like I don't snooze. I don't get back in bed because if I do that, my whole morning is just like out the window. And so I know that about myself. Like that's just like me personally, but I'll do the same thing. I'll like put myself on do not disturb, flip the phone over, or I go put it in the bathroom because then I'm like in the kitchen doing my stuff and it's not near me. But I do totally agree. Like I notice morning and night, the longer that I'm on my phone, closer to like me being in or out of bed, 
it just has such an effect on me. Mm-hmm. I started this past week. Well, I started going to bed, getting in bed at 830, which I know is so early <laughs> for some people. But because I'm getting up at 440 every day. So it, it honestly, this is the most sleep I've ever gotten in prep, even though I'm waking up earlier. But a lot of that is because when it hits like 815, same thing. I put my phone away. I'll respond to you or Sage or Justin yeah, for like a, like a few texts, but I'm not scrolling. So I'm reading. I, I got a book. It's called Winning. I've re- I read this last time I prepped. Mm-hmm. And it literally, I, this is my favorite book ever by Tim Grover. And the dopamine I get from doing something like that and then going to bed is very rewarding to wake up and it sets me off on the right foot. So I mm-hmm. think having that, a lot of people don't know how to like create a bedtime ret- routine because their only dopamine system is watching a screen. So I challenge you to find something at night that is unplugging, but also allows you to relax. I agree. Something that like helps you wind down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Do you think with motivation, I think because we've talked a lot about like the dopamine reward system and motivation, what do you think about intrinsic versus extrinsic motivation? I think it's really dependent on the individual. Mm-hmm. I also, yeah, I would say, like you said earlier, their whys is a big thing, especially because when I was starting my journey, my why was much different than it is now. What was it back then? I feel like it's always different. Every, every, every preps. S- well, before preps. Yeah. When I first started, like my first prep with Justin was to prove to Justin and the team that like who I was, because I believed in myself so much. I just was, you know, I was a young new competitor and it wasn't like, it wasn't proving myself in an egotistical way. It was just proving it. Like I, I know I'm 18, but I can do this kind of thing mm-hmm. before when I first started my journey, it was, it was a why of figuring out who I was as a human because I was, I didn't have any friends. Like I was the loneliest loner, <laughs> but I was also the happiest I've ever been. So it was, that was a coalition of just finding myself now. I mean, there, there were, there's a lot of different whys that I have right now. I feel like that, I don't, I feel like that's maybe is a, a bigger answer, but I would just definitely say to answer your question is more so depending on the person and their why. Mm-hmm. Do you think somebody who's extrinsically motivated can go far? What variables would you say motivate this person in that way? Just external, yeah, external validation. They're measuring their success through the eyes of other people or what they think Mm. outside, or maybe they're chasing like wealth or status or power, validation of others, like the external stuff. I like this question because I have two answers. Mm -hmm. Number one is if it's for validation or external pleasing or acceptance, eventually there will be a limit of how much they can accomplish because the relationship within themselves needs work. If the validation from themselves is first and foremost and higher than getting the validation from other people, that is okay. But if it's, if it's lopsided and the validation from other people and seeking that is higher than validation from themselves, eventually they're going to hit a stopping point where it's a mental battle with themselves. Mm-hmm. I will say for me personally, of course, I think everyone knows that the validation from myself is first and foremost, but obviously the validation from Justin as my coach 
is <laughs> also plays like it's very important to me. So it's not I'm not going to say like no, like seeking validation from other people is not anything that affects me because that's that's a lie. I do, I'm, I literally get judged on stage. I have to showcase myself and in a way validate myself through them to make sure that I go pro. So it's their decision. But whatever answer they give me, I still know the work I put in. So I'm still proud of myself kind of thing. Business and wealth wise, vastly different in a way. Mm-hmm. I think the at the end of the day, having validation from yourself because you know the work and dream, you're the only one with the vision that you have. You can explain it to someone else, they're never gonna have your vision in the ways that you want it. Mm-hmm. But I do think the level of having validation from others is a little bit higher in a business wealth setting because you they you literally have to have income from external places and people to buy your services or products or validate that they like them. So they literally have to like your product or service in order for you to grow. Because mm-hmm. if they don't, you can like it. But if they don't like it, you're not going to get any income. So you're just falling behind kind of thing. So I think it's a little bit different with the business and wealth. They're like depends, mm-hmm. like on the category. Yeah. That's, a That's interesting. <laughs> big answer. It is a big answer. Well, this is, I feel like this is a big topic and like, I just, I kind of wanted to get into the nuances of it because I feel like motivations talked down upon a lot. And I just don't really agree with that. I think motivation is important if you're talking about it in the sense that we are with internal versus external and like self-validation and ultimately like your motivation should be, in my opinion, it should be something that is like so deeply driven within you that it's not affected necessarily by the external. So for example, like what you're talking about with going pro internally, like you are validated by the work you're doing, but externally the judges will or will not deem that pro-worthy, which obviously I think that they are going to deem it pro-worthy. <laughs> but it, like if you got your sense of validation from the judges, and I think a lot of newer competitors fall into this trap, they maybe don't place the way they want to or they don't go pro, that's a hit to their self-esteem and how they see themselves as a person and it brings mm-hmm. them down. And then they're not motivated to like continue. So I do believe that you can use validation from other people in an mm. in a positive like yes so for example i haven't i had a inquiry he was a male he signed up with me just for training and a couple weeks later he decided that he wanted to take a break in terms of like step back and his reason was at first it was because of family situations and he messaged me and he was like do you think you'll do in person so I asked him, I was like, is the real ins- you want the real issue is that you want someone there in person to push you because you can't push yourself past this limit. And I understand like having an environment or having people around you definitely do push you harder. But if you can't find that within yourself, first and foremost, you're never going to be able to reach that next level continually. So you might for a week or three weeks or two months be able to push harder with this training partner or this coach. Unless you're an Olympian, they're not going to give you 120%. That's just reality of it. I told him, like, I'm not doing in person because it takes away from me. I'm going to give myself in-person training. I'm not going to give you. <laughs> I know my program works. I know what I do works. If you can pull it out of yourself, whether that means you train at a different gym, you train at a different time, you have a 
buddy come with you. If you can find that within yourself, first and foremost, that's how you're going to change. So I do think, I don't even know if that correlates to what you said. I was just going to say. <laughs> no, it does. It totally does. Because he's looking for motivation from you, but it's going to be temporary. Mm-hmm. Like you're saying, yeah, you can only push him so far. He has to want to push himself. And another reason for that, too, it's vastly different from an Olympian's perspective for like a pro athlete. I consider, I'm going to say I'm a pro athlete, like us. If you're someone who did one show, just starting competing, just got in the fitness realm, having someone there to say, hey, you got 15 reps and you execute 15, knowing that you probably got could have got 20. Mm-hmm. For us, it's vastly different because when we go into a set, the mindset, the want, the goals, the why, we've been so deep within the depths mentally of fighting your demons within training. These people haven't. So in order to pull, they don't know what demons are. They don't know how to find them. They don't even know what the, like how to feel that in a set. They don't know how to think in those places. They don't know what losing means. We do. So I think it's, it's that also plays an aspect. In terms of like motivation, like driving, mm-hmm. Force. Yeah, your driving force, your why. Like Justin, for example, thinks of his loss every day. And like that was external because the judges chose, they choose. But it also is internal at the same time because it's your work. Mm-hmm. So that, and I'm just kind of talking right now. Like whether it's like this, like I just want y'all to take that for granted. <laughs> Not like towards like, a direction towards motivation, I guess it's mm-hmm. it's everything. Yeah, no, I agree. I feel like um, it's still within the realm of motivation because it's what drives you. Mm-hmm. And he thinks about that loss every day. I think about a pro debut every day. Those are things that we can't necessarily control. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit more external, but it is a motivational driving force. Yeah. So... It, it it's person dependent. I also will say too, people. Some people will take external motivation that are losses, like mm-hmm. losing, and use that to feel sorry for themselves. And I think that's one of the most toxic places you can be. In that, just I think people who seek validation more from external places versus themselves when they do lose or they do fail or xyz in the external spot is when they feel sorry for themselves and that's when they find the toxic like battle of stuck Mm -hmm. yeah that makes sense not a good place to be Mm -mm. (laughs) (laughs) i'm 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 good on motivation (laughs) i know i hope y'all are too but we're always here to DM us. Well, if you're one of those people that wants to be told, hey, I need to push today, we'll tell you you need to push today. Yeah, I feel like there's nothing wrong with asking for the support when you need it. It's just if it's every single day that you need somebody else to validate your work or to feel motivated, that's an issue. Like I have no problem motivating my athletes. I send motivational things in my group chat all the time because I know that the athletes receiving it, one, they're not asking me for it. I'm just feeling inspired and I'm sending it out. Mm-hmm. But like two, maybe somebody is needing it and didn't want to ask for it. And now they have it. Now they see, oh, Coach Noah's thinking about us today, whatever it is. And 
there's a little extra like push for yeah. y'all. So yeah, I agree. If you guys ever need any motivational like tips, quotes, anything at all, Hit we us got in the you. DMs. <laughs> yeah. Heck yeah. Cool. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to this episode and we will catch you on the next one. Thank you for listening to our podcast, Becoming Relentless. We hope that you leave this podcast feeling really relentless. That's what our goal is here. Please leave us a five-star review. If you want to reach us, you can reach us through DM. My Instagram is Neil Kissenberger. Noah, where can they find you? My Instagram is Noah McCabe underscore IFBB Pro. And our Becoming Relentless podcast Instagram will also be linked in the bio. Make sure that y'all keep coming back every week. Like, share, subscribe. We love being tagged in your stories. And as always, uh, leave us a comment, any questions, and we'll catch you on the next one.